see a, a little red dot pop up on, on your camera right right now you know what that means that means we are live what is up everyone how you guys doing on this afternoon uh welcome to pen to gas what an honor it is to have coach chuck lock on here uh man thank you so much for coming on absolutely appreciate you having me on I'm excited to be here yeah it's an absolute hey, and nice hat by the way I know it's like we coordinated, <laughs> right? I know because I got up this morning. I was like, "Man, what hat am I gonna wear?" And I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna wear the Yamaha hat that Dustin gave me." So, yeah, listen, uh, I actually have a lot of questions. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. How did you? Um, what got you into motorcycles to begin with? Let's start from the very beginning. So I will make it as brief of a long story as possible because it is a long story. Um, I grew up playing hockey. I had no inclination for motorsports really for the majority of my life. Um, you know, I, if I watched a race or something, I was interested in it and I enjoyed watching it, but it wasn't a passion until I graduated from college. I was starting to build a business up and my business partner at the time said, Hey, let's sponsor this athlete. He's a pro racer here in Georgia. I was living out in California at the time. Um, so we took on a sponsored athlete. I worked with him all remote for the first couple of years that I was working with him. He was in junior cup. Um, and then I eventually decided to make the move from California to Georgia to help build the business and get out of California. Cause it was just too expensive for me. <laughs> um, and I ended up linking up with that sponsored rider, Hunter Dunham and ended up uh, helping him out with his program. We, we got close. So I ended up going to my first race at Road Atlanta. I was just going to be there as support capacity. You know, I brought my massage gun. I ended up working on not only him, but Michael Gilbert and Cam Peterson that first race. Uh, linked up with Jason Aguilar as well there. I'd known him previously. And that first race kind of just had me hooked. Um, I was just enamored by it and got obsessed with it. I was already pretty obsessed with it, just doing the research to train Hunter. Uh, but going to the race that first time got me hooked. And I ended up after that round, I helped a few of the guys out. So they were like, Hey, come with us for the rest of the season, just do recovery work. Like, and that's how it started. So I was just doing recovery work and stayed consistently in the paddock for a few seasons. Um, started just adding more and more guys and started coaching more of them. So that's kind of the short spark notes version of how I, <laughs> how I came to be. That's awesome. What a way into the industry and the sport. And our sport is just absolutely amazing. Nothing like two-wheel racing. I mean, it's really not. The the commodity, the people inside, everybody's hugs and high fives and how you doing, what's going on. You know, it's uh I love it. It's 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 like heaven. It really is. Um family. Absolutely family. It it, it really is. So how did you um start this whole coaching thing? How how did you get into that? So I was a kinesiology major in college. I went to Cal State Fullerton, um, studied under some some good professors there. And I always, I played college hockey as well at Cal State Fullerton. So I thought I was going to work with college or hockey athletes. And, and that was kind of my path. As I mentioned, I deviated from that after I graduated from college. Um, I kind of burnt out on hockey. I was pretty done with it. And bringing on Hunter Dunham at the time, you know, that, that got me interested in the sport, but even still working with him the first year, that wasn't necessarily what I saw myself doing. It was once my business at the time with that business partner fell apart, once that dissolved, I was at that point working with probably 10 guys in the paddock. And it was actually Jason Aguilar at the time who was like, dude, like 
don't stress it. Like you have a spot in this sport. We need somebody doing this because at the time, you know, nobody in Moto America was doing it. And he talked me into it going all in on, on coaching motorsport athletes. So the, the beginning of it, as far as my coaching goes, was just working with general population clients and hockey players. And then just over time made that gradual jump to motorsport. So you're strictly two wheels only now? I've got a few four wheel guys. Um, one of them in the legend car series. And then one of them was doing like BMWs. Uh, but he just, he just went to two wheels as well. So it's mostly, mostly two wheels though. Yeah. Love it. I love it, man. So it, listen, uh, Ethan, is there a difference uh, coaching a car racer versus a motorcycle racer? Or is it all basic, the same concept? No, it's totally different. Um, different disciplines, like the mental foundations stay the same. And that's, that's a lot of our work in motorsport because a lot of these guys are already in great shape. Um, we just, the, the changes we make to their physical program are just really refining small details. It's not like a ton of, most of the athletes I work with aren't crazy out of shape and then we need to panic and get them into shape. That's not typically what we're dealing with. It's more so making small refinements. The physical side between four wheels and two wheels is definitely a lot different, a lot of a different focus. Motorcycle racing is typically a lot more of a physically demanding sport for the most part. You know, it's, it's different. Like four wheels, you're dealing with a lot more G-forces and we do a lot more neck and core work, uh, more upper body forcing the car around. But two wheels, it's it's the whole body. I mean, we're doing everything and these guys have to be elite athletes. Absolutely. They kind of be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine it's because back in the day, Rossi actually tested the F1 car and he said the biggest difference was his neck was sore because all the G forces, you know, it's it's a lot different. Um, I, I couldn't imagine. Right. Probably the, one of the best roller coaster rides in the world in one of those cars. I would love to. I'd love to feel it. It's crazy. I've seen yeah, videos I'm, of like average people hopping in an F1 car. And the first time they break, the guy goes, can't keep his <laughs> neck up. It's, hilarious to see and people uh, underestimate it like yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i've gotten from people who don't understand motorsport is they're like well what's the big like why do you need a coach you're just sitting on a bike or sitting in a car and doing circles okay you you try it and tell me how physical it is it, yeah it, it, it's a lot you know it, both sports uh is is a definitely a mental game right uh so, um, and, and then I see you out there, you massaging like Maddie Skoltz's forearms and, and all that good stuff. So run me and everybody listening through the typical weekend of actually what you do. So we're talking during a race weekend, correct? Yes, absolutely. So most of what I, starting out, it was mostly just the recovery services as I've moved into coaching a lot of these guys and, and built trust with in the paddock, it's become definitely a lot more involved with their programs. So the recovery side is still a big aspect of it. You know, we're still doing the soft tissue work, uh, making sure they're fresh as possible. But at this point, I'm also staying on top of all my athletes as far as hounding them, making sure they're eating enough, making sure they're drinking enough, getting hydration in. Um, you'll see me run. If I'm, you're at the paddock, you'll see me running around from team to team to team, passing out hydration tablets and making sure they're all dialed in pre-race. I uh, typically work with Matthew and Cam pre-race as far as the superbike races go and different guys in other classes, but we're making sure that we're going through a proper warm-up progression. And that includes some of our work with like the, the blaze pods, the little light up pods to make sure their brain's getting going. We also use like a Hiko stick, which is like a three-pronged stick. 
I'll throw it, call it a color. They'll catch it, uh, react to it in real time. So that's pre-race. You know, we're making sure they're as dialed in as possible. Post-race, we go through a debrief process, make sure that we're unloading everything that went on on the track. What, what do we need to work on physically? What do we need to work on mentally? What went well? What didn't go well? Of the things that went not so well, what was in our control? Everything else, just drop off the bat. Forget it. Drop the bricks off your back. Stop carrying them around. So that's, that's the general gist of it. Um, and it, it varies from rider to rider. You know, yeah. some guys prefer I'm more involved with their program and some guys prefer that, you know, I'm just there on a need as needed basis. Throwing them tablets. Hey man, let me get one of those tablets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Cause, uh, we'll, we'll actually get to meet cause I'm gonna be in road Atlanta. There we go. Yeah. Nice. And, and Jersey too, for the last race. Uh, have, uh, do you ever go to the, uh, MotoGP race out in Texas? I haven't yet. No, I want to, but it's just, it's tough with it right before road Atlanta, you know, we yeah. doing a lot of prep work the, the week before. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause as soon as I come back, I turn around and head straight to pretty much road Atlanta afterwards. So it's going to be awesome. So yeah, that, that that's awesome. So when you talk to, to these racers pregame, do you guys just have a little meeting you two? And it's, it's, it's like, you know, a, a mental talk too as well. Right. Pre-race. Honestly, we try and keep it pretty light. Like it depends who the rider is. Um, I made a post a while back on my social media accounts, just talking about like the different sides of, of the coin, almost like you've got some guys who tend to be too agitated and we just need to work on calming down and, and relaxing. And some guys who tend to be too relaxed pre-race and we need to, you know, get them to ramp up. So it depends based on kind of where you fall on that spectrum. But for the most part, like with the attack guys, for example, since we're rocking the hats, it's super, super relaxed. You know, we're just having conversations in the in the truck, and a few minutes before uh, they put all their gear on, I give them their time alone in the truck. You know, I'll go set up the the pods at the hot pit and make sure we're all dialed in there. But for the most part, you know, pre race isn't isn't necessarily as involved on my side as post race. Besides, you know, the warm up aspect. Yeah. Um, with that said, there's been times with some of my other guys, or even some some of the super bright guys were there in a bad spot as far as, you know, we've had a bad string of luck or just unlucky ride after unlucky ride. Things have been going wrong. So at that point, you know, I'll, I'll have a couple things to say, but I'm never like completely in their ear telling them all kinds of things. Cause they, they know what to do. Like, yeah. Yeah, they do. And they're, uh, man, all those guys are so nice, right? Gagne, Sculty, all man, that's that sucks about Wispy, right? Um, yeah, yeah, man, such a, such a presence force in, in, in our sport <clears throat> and definitely will be missed for sure. 100%. Um, yeah, man, absolutely 100%. So, uh, did you work with you said you work with other riders too in the paddock, Junior Cup, 600 Super Sport, pretty much all classes. Yep, pretty much all classes. I think the only class that I haven't been working with somebody specifically in is Royal Enfield. You know, I've I've helped a couple of the the gals out here and there, but nothing formal in that aspect. Um, yeah, but I think pretty much yeah, every class besides that had athletes in. And that Royal Enfield class is awesome. I love yeah, it. Cool. Right, it, it's great for the sport. It's uh yeah, it, it it brings a new element, right? Because the girls actually got to work on their own bike and put it together and. Yeah, do all that stuff. I, it's I cool to it. see the progression over the course of the season. Like some some of the girls will almost struggle their first time on track, and by the end of it, they could go you know competitively race 
for sure. So it's cool to see that progression real time on yeah. a national scale. Yeah, it is. It is. So it, it, your work with the teams, is it like a, a contract you sign? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Do you, do you sign like a contract and you work with them for a year or is it every other year? Or It's it's typically just with the riders. Um, Westby was it, – it wasn't necessarily you know a formal contract or anything, but I was more brought on by the team initially helping out, and, and I've built a close relationship with Matthew. You know, he's yeah. one of my groomsmen whenever I nice. have a wedding. So um, he, and, he and Campy and a couple of the other guys in the paddock, it'll be fun. But it's typically just a relationship between myself and the rider. It's not necessarily on a team basis. Um, I got you. Know, you. That being said, if I have a team reach out to me and they want to come up with some sort of contract, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. But as long as there's no exclusivity clause or anything like that, that's, uh, that's yeah, something I want to avoid. Yeah, I, dude, I understand. I understand. We actually have a, a couple comments. Peter Essoff, what's going on, my man? He says that's why they call motorcycle shops bike dealers. I mean, you was talking at the beginning, right? What a sport it is. And then look who we got, Chloe Madrill. What is up? She says, Chloe. "Hi, Chris. Hi, yeah, dude. She's awesome. Yeah, Chloe's awesome. I was oh. close with the uh, working closely with the Orange Cat team last year, so I got to know her and Jeremy, and that's that's all good people over that Orange Cat team. It, it is. It is. It's uh." Proper team. I actually met him in Jersey. Actually, because every time I went to go by to go say hi to Chloe and actually meet her um, and talk to her about the podcast, of course she was always gone, right? And and so I ended up meeting the whole team and talking to them. We actually had a conversation about uh, Marquez moving to Ducati. What my thoughts were at the time because he was still a Honda, and I was like, I, I think he's yeah, he's out for sure. Just his whole. You could tell you is especially being a, a rider mindset coach, right? When, when you're watching TV, can you tell just by their actions and the way they, what they're thinking or, or kind of what they're going through? Um, I mean, I, I can make my inferences, but I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily a mind reader. Like I, I like to think I have a decent grasp on kind of what they're going through and seeing their body language and, and all of that and how they handle it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was, I think everybody could see where Marquez was at. It was, it was pretty, pretty obvious. He was pretty obvious. Yeah. No. Nah, and you could tell, I mean, just his body language, the way he approached the media, the questions, yeah. I, I mean, it was, yeah, it was well, just people. The, the frustrating thing was like, people obviously accused him of being just a, a danger on the track and saying that he's, you know, crash fest and he was last year, but I don't think that was so much him not having his ability anymore. Obviously it wasn't, it was more so like he's so accustomed to getting a result and he's so driven to get that result and not compromise for anything else that he, he was like, all right, well I'm going to push this thing past the capabilities. And if I crash, I crash, it's better than finishing 12th. So yeah. it was, it was tough to see somebody that good stuck in a position like that for sure. Struggle. I mean, you know, they're not the only ones. Yamaha's in this been in the same situation, and yeah, it's uh, it, it, yeah, to to me, it's a uh, like what we was talking about, man. Mental game, uh, such a, a mental game, and that's something that when Daniel, so I went out there to BSB. Me and Daniel have been friends on Facebook. We actually did a couple of videos together. We hadn't podcasted together, right? The, uh, um. But I asked him, you know, kind of like, how, how do you prepare riders and stuff? And he's, you know, just you just got to stay positive is what he tells me instead of focusing on where you're not good at on a track or whatever. Focus on where you're good at at the track and, you know, 
all that good stuff that, that goes along with it. It, it was like, it, it kind of blew my mind, Ethan, to be honest with you, right? Because it's not something that I've ever thought about doing, you know, and I've seen you around the paddock and I should have come up and, and said hi, but every time I seen you, like you said, it was, you was just like point A, point running B here, around. there. Yeah. Running around. So uh, I didn't just want to run up to you and be like, hold up, just stop for a minute, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I will this year for sure. Good. So when I see you, I'm going to be coming up to you and be like, Ethan. Um, so man, I, I, hockey, we got to talk about hockey. Uh, you said you grew up playing it. Robert Lackey, a good buddy of mine, which I know, yep. you know, he grew up playing it. Right. So, uh, you just don't do it anymore. You, you play video games of hockey or is it just something you just, eh? I just burnt out. Um, I played basically from when I was five till I was 24, 25. And I, I finished up with college hockey. So I played four years at Cal state Fullerton. And by the end of it, I was just, I don't know, just burnt out of it. And I couldn't even watch the sport for probably two, three years after I stopped playing just because I was so done with it. I've gotten back yeah. to the point where I'm, I'm watching again and enjoying it as a spectator. But yeah, I think just it was such a focal point of my of my life for so long. And uh, last season was just more of a frustrating one with injuries and stuff like that. And so I think just all that combined just kind of burnt out on it. And, you know, moving to the South where we don't have much hockey, it was uh, – not not something I could really do out here anyways. Closest rink is probably two hours away. But yeah. I mean honestly, while I while I played hockey, I, I loved it for the time being and it was definitely an obsession. Um so I was grateful to play college hockey and uh growing up I was a Notre Dame fan, so I wanted to go play hockey at the University of Notre Dame. I was actually gonna go play at their feeder school, Holy Cross College, and hopefully make the jump to their club team. Just didn't work out with finances and everything, but it was cool. My first college goal was against the USC, which is obviously, you know, Notre Dame's big rival. So that was kind of cathartic. Yeah. Scoring my first goal against them. That was That's awesome. You're like, yes, in your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Chloe says, yes, I wanted to hear more about the hockey experience. That's why I tuned in. That's awesome, Chloe. Uh, so, yeah, hockey to me was um, – I had a couple buddies that was really big into hockey, you know, growing up and – uh Wayne Gretzky, you know, that time period. And um yeah. I forget the hockey game we used to play all the time on the the the, the Nintendo, right? We used to play uh I think it was Tecmo hockey or something. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I just never really got into it. I've seen a couple live matches before. Uh obviously my my favorite parts when they when when they start to brawl, right? That's everybody's favorite the gloves come off. It's like let's go. Uh but man it, to me uh hockey's a very mental sport too as well. Um so yeah, it's it's a uh, it's awesome, and the way you guys can skate out that's just amazing. I, I can't even I barely can roller skate, Ethan. I'll bust my ass out there on the roller skate ring for real. Um, Andrew, I see Andrew's comment. Yeah, I do. He, he said Andrew says I don't think he ever played hockey. He's not Canadian. <laughs> I'm a fraud. You got me. He's a fraud. Uh, oh, let me see. I've got my uh. Oh, nice. Titan Athlete Award. So yeah. You there you go. <laughs> Andrew says he may have been a ref, but who knows? <laughs> that's why I'm wearing the stripes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Good, good one, Ethan. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Hi Rev Trev, what is up? He says Rob Blake and Marty McScorley was my dudes back in the day. So I'm guessing Kings fan, Trev. Yeah, Kings fan. Dude, so do you know Eli Colby? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Hang on. I help him out every every so often when I can. So uh, 
uh, dude, Eli's. So if you look right here uh, uh, above my head, um, that's actually Eli's suit. Yeah. He actually signed it and gave it to me, man. That's awesome. Uh, when I seen him in Jersey, I was like, what an honor. So real quick, funny story about that. Um, you know, I, I'm friends with a lot of the Junior Cup kids, and uh, everybody asks me who's my favorite rider. That, that, that's the question I get a lot, right? I get a lot of text messages like, "Who? who come on, man, because I, I, my thing is everybody's my favorite rider. Yeah. Um, it would be unfair if I was to come out and say, uh, well, Rossi Moore is my favorite rider, right? How would that make all my other friends feel, you know? So um, – I choose everybody, but anyway, so back to, to the little thing. So, uh, my man, um, Isaac Woodworth, he comes up to me. He's like, uh, come on, man in Jersey. Tell me who your favorite rider is. Right. Uh, so I said, man, everybody, all, all you guys are. So I go over and, and I go see Eli. He gives me the leather suit. He signs it. I walk straight over to, uh, Isaac. I, th I throw it on the ground. Ethan, I said, yeah, I, I said, uh, Eli's my favorite rider. So at the end of the weekend, <laughs> He gave me his uh, it's 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 leaning against my wall, his belly pan off his yeah. 400 signed it. So I gave him a big old hug and I whispered in his ear, I said, You're my favorite now. Um, it's just a little inside joke we got going yeah. on, but that's something that I, I love about the sport because you know you can you, you can joke with everybody on the track, but you got to that's one thing that um, I try to tell my son, Look who it is. How dare you say Rossi Moore is your favorite rider? <laughs> I told you. I, I didn't. I was making it. I was just saying an example, Eli. Come on, man. How are we doing? How are we doing? We're good. We're good. How are you doing, good. dude? Congrats on the uh, Daytona announcement. Thank you. Thank you. I know. That's proper. I've been looking forward to that for a while. I've been. We've planned that since October. So it's been coming along and voila. Yeah. We still got to link up to talk about getting your neck squared away. Yeah, no, that <laughs> before Daytona, yeah, probably is the best. I, I'm gonna do some like I have a little more like one or two more physical therapy days I'm gonna go to, and then chiropractor, and should be all set for Daytona. But are you? I'm going to the two day test before Daytona, so see how that yeah. feels and go from there. Should be dialed. You don't need me. And you'll be in Daytona, correct, Ethan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I've never been to Daytona. I, I really want to go. I'm trying to make – yeah, it is. I'm, I'm trying to go this year. I'm really trying to make it. I just I just don't know if it's – if I'm going to be able to. So, But I'll definitely, like I said, be in Atlanta and in Jersey. Um, but, yeah, so, Eli, I was – obviously, you was listening. I was telling him about the, the story when you gave me the leathers and Isaac. And yeah. I whispered in his ear and all that good stuff. Uh Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And uh, he actually said that uh, you two worked together before. So, yeah. I, how did you two meet? Like, 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 how did you two come together? I think it was probably like 2021, maybe. And it was uh, a lot of the guys were joining Southern Pride Performance. It was, uh, I think, Gus, uh, Joe, and I think maybe Ben. Yep. 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 And I saw that. I was like, shit, okay, I need to check this out. And, um, yeah, just never we never fully got to work together. But then uh, this year I worked with uh, Ethan at Pittsburgh, helped me out a lot. I was having my elbow problem came back. Actually, I had a problem with my elbow with ner um, pinched nerve about in 2020, my first ever Moto America round when Gus took me out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, I've ever had, I've had a nerve problem ever since then. And sometimes it shows up but mainly it's usually i never have a problem with it until like 
I don't know what it is. It could be either me holding on too hard or it's something either I tweak it in the morning, but you know, some days after I ride for maybe three, four days in a row, it'll come back. But, um, it was weird. They came back that round and, uh, Ethan was working with me and it helped me out a whole bunch. So, you know, to anyone that does watch and sees us that, you know, like Ethan's the real deal, man. It's, uh, you know, I know he's super busy, but you know, if you can kind of fiddle your way into that schedule, it's worth every penny. Appreciate that, man. Nice, man. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard a, a lot of good things about you too, Ethan. I won't tell you who all they're from, but yeah, no, nah, I'm just playing. Uh, uh, Dustin, of course, um, when I told him I was having you on, he's like, dude, hell yeah. Yeah, he's all about it. He's like, dude, he's such a good guy, you know. Um, obviously, you know Dustin real well because, oh, yeah. you know, he, he's Which a good with yeah i bet right i listen i bet all you guys are a bunch of goofballs uh away from the track when you guys hang out i mean it's always uh past two seasons i've stayed with jake and cam so it's, it's a lot of fun at the airbnb i bet uh, golf you guys play a lot of golf we're trying to this year we haven't in the past just we've been getting to the racetrack at you know late wednesday night or early thursday morning and don't really have time for a round but we're trying to make an effort this year to show up a, a day early and get some golf and swing the sticks a little bit. Well, you best be telling me that. Uh, let's go. I was yeah. just actually, I was literally about to bring it up. I just text Sean Bice because back in like 2021, they used to do, or it was 2020 either, or they used to have a special every weekend about something, you know, about the, the track. Had like Corey Alexander and another person go ax throwing. I was like, dude, try doing like a golf thing or even like just a, you know, for, when we have like the uh during qualifying days where we have oh yeah i think we uh lost the connection yeah we lost the connection golf man golf's a mental sport man oh, yeah. i i got some um golf clubs and i go out there every once in a while and and hit around but uh yeah. we lost you there for a minute yeah yeah we, we, oh. we got you back yeah so jersey they used to do like some type of uh or Every round they have Gilbert throwing the axes and yeah. So I told Bice, I was like, dude, we gotta fill, we gotta get all the Moto America guys that golf, put them together and make like some special out of it. Either it's like for the like during Fridays when we have qualifying, we have the long lunch break, just play something, you know, like yeah, it gives you know, if you have a favorite rider that golfs, then sure, maybe it might not be for everyone, but it's like you get your riders together, they're gonna have a fun time. And you make some content out of it, yeah. And it might I mean, draw in new people. Look how big good good golf is, like dude. It's massive. That market, it's no. massive, and you get yeah, to know man. people on the golf course too. Like it's it's slow pace. You actually get to see the guys talk and banter. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all for it. I've, I've been trying to get some sort of golf content with these boys going for a lot. Yeah, I need. I know, like me and me, Raspoli and Brandon played probably like a month and a half ago or so, and it was just you know. We didn't get a lot of time to play because we were rushing, but um, it was just you know it's just a fun time. It's always you're out there. We're not we're not talking about racing. We're not talking about anything else. We're talking about something. It's just something like I always play golf to clear my mind. Yep. I want to think about racing. If I get a phone call about racing on the golf course, sure I'll talk to you for a few <laughs> minutes. But I gotta go swinging about another. Once this group clears in front of me, I gotta go. But it's okay. like it's another different and. If you want to be good at it, then you have to not even focus on racing. You got to focus on what you're doing. 
Yeah, I'm it, convinced it's performance enhancer too for the racetrack. You know, obviously you work on so much of the mental stuff, but we've got tangible evidence. I mean, last season before Road Atlanta, I had Ezra, Teague, and Cam P staying with me. So we all went to the golf course. We had Matthew, Matthew's brother, myself, Ezra, Cam, Teague. So we had six of us. We did 2v2 match play. And, it was, you know, it was a fun day and all that. It was good times. But then that weekend – uh, Ezra shows up and dominates Road Atlanta. So something to it. It's just like, you know, in golf, it's so like, cause I know you're big into the mental stuff and I, I've been working with a mental coach for like three years and we kind of stopped, but like from looking at it from a mental aspect, dude, golf, you're never going to be perfect with it. You're never going to be perfect, but it's all about if you shank a shot or if you chunk it or you top it, it's all about how you come back on the next shot. You got to leave that last mistake in, in the back. You got to move on forward and keep going. Same thing. If you blow an apex, you can't, if you start rushing and doing everything wrong, then you're going to blow another corner. Then you're going to blow another corner. It turns to a domino effect. So learning that on the golf course teaches you to keep your calm when you're racing. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I can see that for sure. You know, uh, I like playing. I suck terrible at it. Right. It feels good when I, when I hit a good shot and it goes like 50 yards, I'm like, yes, that was great. Uh, but on Tiger Woods, I'm a beast now. Now, if you guys want to get off some Tiger Woods and play, yeah, I got a challenge, yeah. but, uh, and putt, putt, I, I seem to do pretty good at putt, putt for some reason. Um, but yeah, golf is, is a very mental sport and I, I could see where that'd be a good way to clear your mind, you know, anything to, to get you away. I, I feel that in any sport, high level sports you do, you know, to constantly be on your mind, it'd be a real quick burnout, right? you fall out of it really, really quick. So you got to have something that you're at least other passionate about, right? So uh, uh, you're, you're getting back into hockey as a passion. What else are you passionate about, Ethan? Pretty much just racing. I mean, it's uh, it's become an obsession for sure. Like even hockey is just, you know, casually watching now. But, um, you know, I've got to my right, I've got my big sim rig that I race on. And I've got – oh, let's see if I can – so we got oh yeah big wall of stuff over there dunlop hats nice. uh, we got matthew's nose piece joe lamandry's tail section so as far as passion uh yeah pretty much hot or uh racing and my dog that's, that's yeah. about it i hear you that's i, I got two I dogs too. I, I, I love golf so yeah yeah I, I can't really say i do but i would love to go out and, and play sometime with, with you guys uh I'd probably be like, you know what? I'll just drive the golf cart. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'll just drive the golf cart. We were trying to debate golf cart. There you go. Yeah. We were trying to debate me and Raspoli were debating who is the best, like who would be, we would say the best golfer in Moto America is. And we were trying to talk as we were thinking Kyle is probably up there. I've heard um, Kyle's good. Wyman. Yeah. JP. Yeah. JP is the best. If, if you're counting non-riders, JP is yeah. hands down the best for sure. Yeah, he is. I've heard he's been he's won like top amateur tournaments before. Yeah, he's uh he's done the US Open qualifier a couple times, I think. Yeah. Guy's nasty. Campy's so what, pretty solid too. What what's Campy's handicap? What are we what is he around usually? I think after the injury he's been swinging it uh since the surgery. I think he's he's single digit. I think he said he's back up to like a 8 or yeah. 7. Um, but he was he was lower than that for sure. Oh yeah, at one point. 
Yeah, that's why I think we should all get everyone together just to have like a day. Just like, you know, either if it's after Daytona and we go to LPGA. Like, I think that's I, that's my plan. After Daytona, that Sunday, I'm going to LPGA. That'd be sweet. I think we should probably, we can try planning something with all these guys because I know Brandon got into golfing. Yeah. Um, he's been actually improving very fast. Guys swings like the club 200 times a day in the backyard. Nice. And, um, yeah, Raspoli's pretty decent. He's a, I think he's a bogey golfer as well. So. Yeah, I think I'm going down there sometime before Daytona to kind of do a little camp with Ruspoli and Posh. I've got my mm. golf sim. I'll bring that down. Oh, you have a golf sim? I just got it. Sweet. Oh, nice. It's a little little mobile setup. It's pretty sick. That's what we're doing in the pits at night now. Yeah. There we go. I'll, I'll right. it every round. All right. If you're going <laughs> down, are you going down to Daytona? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're doing that one night. I'm down. I'll, I have my clubs anyway, so we'll be play, yeah. we'll be playing some golf sims now. I see this is going to start into a betting adventure down there. I <laughs> as I can make this got shot. Yeah, okay. I bet you too. You won't. Yeah. Drive comp. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, to me, it's 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 the art of hitting the ball too, but it's also reading the green, right? I have no idea how to read the green. Obviously, you see the hills and all that. You can kind of mentally, physically see where the ball's going to go, but it's that I guess getting into that point. Uh, to place the ball, ball placement, right? Which obviously I suck at, but I don't play very much. It's something I would like to do, but again, it's just another hobby amongst others, right? Which, as you clearly see, what my hobby is in my background, um, yeah. <laughs> solely two wheels. So it's crazy, you know. Like even like playing up here, I've played up here my whole entire time playing golf, which has only been like two or three years. But like going down south, it's like eye opening because you got really you know Bermuda grass. It's just yeah socks <laughs> yeah it's crazy too like um i was casually into golf through my teens and then when i got to college uh funny enough my biology class freshman year i was sitting next to a guy and i saw him walk in with a cal state fortune golf backpack mm-hmm. i was like oh do you play for the team and he and i are he's probably the only college friend i still talk to now we got pretty close but we'd end up like setting up study sessions where we'd really just crush coffee and go to the range and hit balls for three hours. Not, not much biology studying got done, but no, we, that's, that's what got me into golf. And it's crazy. Those guys at that level, like he's telling me his misses with driver. He's like, yeah, I expect to be within, you know, seven yards of my center line on either side. Like that's, that's my miss. My miss is 85 yards. Left or right. Fairway or into the trees. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The guys I play with, no matter what it is, this quote has always been doesn't matter. Drives don't matter, dude. It's all about your second shot. Yeah. That's all what it is. Cause like I'll outdrive these guys by 50 yards and then their shots on the green and mine's over in the green side bunker. So it's like, it's crazy how much golf, like, you know, if you look at these pros, everything's perfect. Their drives, dude, these guys are smacking 300 yard drives average now. Until they have ro- uh, rollback, but that's that's a different conversation. But um, uh, you, but then it's just like everything's just so consistent. And when you play with a golfer that good, with a plus handicap, you hate your life because <laughs> you just if they're they're mad about missing by three yards, then what's my hundred thirty yard right slice over into the third fairway across the freaking golf course going to be like for me? 
Yeah, swab. Yeah, that would be that would be me or, or or whatever body of water is nearby. That's exactly where my shot goes all the time. I don't know if Chris asked you, Ethan, but what got you into what you're doing now? Uh, he did. So long okay. story short, it was we ended up sponsoring an athlete, my old business, um, sponsored Hunter Dunham. Okay. And I was working with him remotely for a long while, moved to Georgia, went to my first race at Road Atlanta, and I brought my massage gun. So I ended up working on him. Cam P and Michael Gilbert, but being at that first race got me hooked. So I, after that, I was just obsessed with it. I th- yeah, I remember that was in 2020, right? Yep. Yeah, because I remember seeing you in 2020 at uh, Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Did, so do you do you ride on the street, Ethan? I don't know. I've uh, all my time on a bike has just been dirt bike, and even that's been super limited. I want to get into it, but I'm I'm waiting until I have uh, health insurance to go do some track days. <laughs> I hear you on that, right? Yeah, small business owner problems. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, At least you know insurance. a few people that can coach you, I guess. I mean, oh, yeah. 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 right? Some, some mediocre guys out there. Maybe I'll go see if I can. Or Matthew can can make me mediocre. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got plenty of top athletes to choose from, basically, right? And yeah, I guess you just asked your favorite hockey team. What was that? No, I haven't. You haven't asked his favorite hockey team. What oh, are we no. doing? Not yet. I've got a big box in the attic that I could go grab, but it's uh, the Kings, LA Kings. Yeah. As long as it's LA not the Bruins. As long as it's <laughs> not the Bruins. <laughs> Who's your favorite team, Eli? Blackhawks. Okay. I've been a black. So I was me and my friend. My friend was a Bruins fan, and this is probably back when I was like nine years old. And we would like he was a hockey player. I was just a baseball player i would you know i would play pond hockey with him i would play every single sport there was when i was growing up my parents were like that you know i went from soccer to basketball to baseball for seven years to playing golf and whatever but um he got me into hockey and i was like oh man this is sick you know he had a big greenhouse uh, he, they owned a plant shop so that a huge huge greenhouse background uh, back where you know they would have a roller hockey and That's we would sick. just be grinding every day so you know we would play shell all the time and you know we would grind shell like 12 and then once 14 came out it was game over we didn't even we could we could have not gone to school we would just been playing shell all day it was so much fun but you know i was a huge like patty kane just like you know something about you know when patty came patty kane came in i forgot what year it was but it was just always something you know obviously Back then, the Bruins had Zidane Chara. That was like the highlight of the Bruins. Obviously, they had a whole bunch of good players. They had Marshawn, and it was just, dude, like I just didn't want to be a Bruins fan. I'm from New England. I don't want to be a Bruins fan. I just didn't want to be a guy, and, you know, I have family in Chicago, and I was like, you know, they would always – my cousin was a huge Blackhawks fan, so I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Why not? And it's been – um, yeah, you know, I, I don't keep up as, as much hockey as I should be anymore. It's – now my whole entire life is just engulfed with racing and more racing with a side of more racing than golf. So nice. Yeah. So, uh, my, my other sport that I watch a lot is soccer and I catch a lot of shit from all my friends about soccer. Um, but I love it, dude. Soccer is actually, I was watching that, that new, uh, coach thing on Netflix last night, all about the coaches in soccer, the 2022 FIFA cup and all that. Yeah. It's, uh, Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I saw the World Cup's coming to freaking 
was it LA this year? Uh, in 2026? Yeah, LA. Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. Hey, my man Kevin Horney, he says, What's up, guys? Chap Luck and his methods are amazing. Can't wait to listen to all this later. I hope Hardy is good. LOL. Oh, what happened to your dog? No, he's all good. He's okay. He's, he's Kevin's met him a few times. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, I was telling you earlier, I got two dogs, uh, two pit bulls. One's a oh, nice. Tennessee Walker Hound pit mix, right? Dude, he's like 130 pounds. He don't never shut up, bro. Like, I'm talking, dude, bro, it's bad. He don't, if he was sitting in this room right now and I wasn't physically touching him, he'd be arr, 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 yeah. arr, barking. And yeah, it's, uh, I would pit German Shepherd mix. Go get him. Artie, boy. Artie, come here. Come here, Artie. Me and Pizza. Taking his there time, slipping off the couch. Come on. Hi, <laughs> bud. Hi, bud. He's getting big. Yeah. Holy crap. The last time I saw of Hardy oh. was puppy. Oh, big stretch. Oh, big stretch. Here you go. Big stretch. Oh, big <laughs> have you seen this? Uh, the dog chiropractors. What was that? The, the dog, dog chiropractors. Oh yeah, Sid Kooky. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's just like insurance, man. I think insurance is a big scam. The dentist is a big scam. All that's just a big. Big, what what kills me is they're like, oh well, uh, you, you got to pay a deductible. I'm like, didn't I just with no accident for three years pay you two three hundred dollars a month? Where'd all that money go, right? Well, I got to pay a deductible. That's plenty enough to fix my freaking car. Yeah, it's a yeah, big old scam, big old scam. So uh, it's hockey, two wheels. Obviously, you're into MotoGP, World Superbike, BSB. Mostly World Superbike and and GP. You need to watch America. some BSB, man. You need to start watching some BSB, Ethan. What do they stream it? Uh, dude, you go to Bennett's British Superbike.com and they stream all the races live. Oh, okay. You don't have to, you don't even have to pay for it. It's awesome. It's uh yeah, I just got back. I went out there to Cadwell Park last year in August. It was uh I tell everybody, I love to talk about it because it was just such an amazing, it was the best race weekend I ever went to in my whole life. Yeah. Um I bet. but seeing them come off that junk. Ethan, it's it's one of the most beautiful things in real life. I'm telling you, dude. I was standing there when Brooksy come by and he hit that. And this is after you know a couple laps come by and they were really getting it right. And he come and launched that thing. His rear tire was every bit of five foot off the ground. And I was like, holy shit! I mean, it was just. And then I seen I forget who it was. I don't know if it was my man Luca Allen that had he come over and when he landed, he actually the rear tire actually landed sideways and it caught it. Yeah, flipped them off. It was uh pretty scary. It's usually um, how my motocross crashes go. Yeah, man. You know, so my whole deal with motocross is I grew up riding. Um, I didn't have a bike. All my friends had bikes. I grew up in the Navy, right? My dad was a fighter pilot, so we constantly moved, right? Uh, so I always made friends with everybody on the base that had a, a dirt bike, right? So uh, that I grew up riding. Uh, but every time I got on a dirt bike, man, I always hurt myself. Every single time. Um, which nothing wrong with that, right? I, I still love to ride. I got a little XR100, CRF100, same thing that I come out it's here. Definitely, my, uh, it's definitely a common theme. It, it is. It is. KMP, um, he was telling me like the majority of his injuries that still bug him were all from motocross. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how that's how I got uh I actually need another wrist surgery because I, I tore a couple tendons in my wrist and uh because of the dirt bike. Um which it was a lot of fun when it when it when it was happening and going down, right? Uh good stuff, man. I man, listen, 2024, 2023 was an amazing year. Um especially for you, right? 2024 is gonna be even do you have more clientele this year coming up, or is it just the same people? We got a good good group of guys coming into the season. Um, a couple new additions would be I've I've worked with Brandon in the past, but I'm working with Brandon Posh this season. Um, James Rispoli as well, so he's a new one. And then all the all the usual suspects. Besides that, um, probably forgetting a couple new additions. I've added some club guys, but yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a good season for sure. What's your favorite racetrack you go to here in America? Barber. Just the facility, and it's a two-hour drive for me, so it's easy. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I love Barber. I'm, I'm bummed we don't end the season on it anymore just because it was such a good like cap to the season. Um, just great track, great facility. It's a good area. So yeah, Barber's like definitely my favorite. Um, I'd like to – obviously get on some of those tracks. I think that would be fun. I, I did a two-up ride. At, I think it was VIR. That was eye-opening. I'm sure With, we don't go there anymore. Uh, dude, uh, bro, VIR is like an hour and 20 minutes from my house. I wish we were still went there. And I, that, 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 that's now actually something pit. I was going to Who? I was saying I, that now I, we lost Pitt. Like, oh, I know. I know. Oh, but, thank, God. thank God. But we got <laughs> Mid-Ohio, right? So we're going back yeah. there. No, Mid-Ohio is cool. It yeah. should be a good Yamaha track too. Mm. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that we can get out there before, you know, I, I, their website's so confusing. There's no quote unquote track days that go there. We've been doing research trying to find if, when we can go there and it's just hopeless right now, unless Dunlop does a test there or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, I, I've never been to Barber. I want to go really bad. I it's heard it was sure. such an amazing amazing place the weekend you really want to go there like don't get me wrong one america would be great and it's cool but the vintage festival that's when you got to go to the bar to barber i went there for the first time this year eye-opening like i don't even know like I, how many people do you know the numbers that like people uh, that come to barber every year from one america like maybe like is it like thirty thousand, forty thousand? 40 i think something like that it was better yeah. last year yeah. yeah vintage festival set a record at ninety-five thousand people last year Wow. It was, we were there for Friday practice and the whole entire back straight was lined with people everywhere. And it's not like, you know, just that little grit, that grass part in the woods, you see people stacked three rows high. Like it's just crazy. The whole hills when you're racing are filled. And I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm at a Moto America race, but I'm out here with like 60 year old guys just having some fun. Like it's just not, it's crazy. And you know, it's like the, um, the largest swap meet in America. So not only is there racing, you can go see all these vintage bikes. You get to go see the museum. You got vintage trials events going in the back. You have vintage flat track, vintage motocross. You got everything going on that weekend on top of a huge swap meet that takes up. You know, like, Ethan, when you pull in there, if you go through the gate and you go left down that main road, and then there's a big opening where that water sculpture is. Yeah. Across that, all of that is filled all with all swap meet stuff. It's crazy. My dad went there in 2016 and he told me about it. And I got the call to come down there and race a prototype bike. And I was like, 
I got to do it. And I was just blown away when I went through there. When is Vinny's Fest? It's uh, usually the week before the uh, Wera um, GNF. So first, like first or second week of October, I have it written down okay. here. Um, sounds like a place I need to go, right? Swap meets, dirt bikes, track, flat track. Yeah, that's dude everything in, in one spot. Uh, you know what I, I love about Moto America, man, is is our open pit policy. I think it's like the one of the best things for road racing to get uh people to come. And more people involved, right? Because you can actually get up and close to Cambobier and Campy and all those guys. Um, everywhere else, it's like you got to buy a special pass if they even sell them or know somebody. Dude, I just paid $325 for a VIP pass for Coda, right? Otherwise, shit, you ain't going to see Jack Miller. I mean, you might during the fan walk, but it's like five, 10 minutes and he's out, right? I mean, without the I pit mean, pass, it's you cool. Can't it's great how we have that open accessibility, but it's like stuff that happened at Jersey last year, how a $20,000 camera got stolen. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the shitty part, you know, like yeah. not saying that's always going to happen, but you know, it's, it's going to happen in Jersey out of any places, <laughs> Jersey or not to be that guy, but yeah. I feel like Atlanta would almost be the same thing. It's just like, you know, 2016 Atlanta supercross, a whole entire freaking trailer of, uh, supercross bikes got stolen and then literally three days later a nascar got stolen out of the back of a truck going to race in atlanta the week after like you know that's not even an open pit policy that's literally just going to the track yeah so you know the open pits are great for the fans and it's cool to interact with them and i love it and i bet ethan has your whole entire thing it's just like you get to bring them into a whole different world of what they didn't even know about like you know Obviously, they know that we have doctors. They obviously know we have to get, you know, physical therapy. They know we need therapists. And it's like, you know, they don't they don't know that they're at the track unless they follow you. So it kind of, you know, maybe will inspire someone to do that later on in life. You know, it's it's cool that we have that aspect, but it's like also we have the scumbags. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of positives to it. But even besides, you know, that there's like one of the things I have to do now is set timers on my phone for when I'm going to go get guys like Cam and take him out of the social setting. Cause he's, he's almost too nice for his own good sometimes to where he'll be there, you know, chatting with fans and signing autographs and, and yakking it up for as long as he can. And meanwhile, we got to go do warm ups and get ready for a session or go to a therapy session after his session. So the, the positives definitely outweigh any perceived negatives, but yeah, there's, you know, there, there are drawbacks that, you know, you don't necessarily think about from a fan perspective, Yeah, um, but it is better for the sport and it's, it's necessary. You know, what America needs that accessibility to grow and we've seen growth these past few years. So hopefully it continues down that, that trend. And then, in all honesty too, most of the tracks that we go to, there's no way we can do a closed pit. No, there like will be Jersey, most of the watching spots in Jersey are inside the freaking yeah. property, you know, like, Maybe Barber, sure, that works because you can close it off. But, like, what's the point? You have it would like, just be dead, too. Like, it would feel weird if it was closed. There would yeah. be so much more drama. <laughs> I feel yeah. like there would just be so much more. Like, we would have probably fights in the pit because we would just be bored. It's true. And uh, you're right. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, I, I get that from a lot of my overseas friends ask me 
you know, the big difference between Moto America and, and like, especially BSB is, is the open pit for sure. You know, so you can get up a close personal to, you know, your riders, at least for a minute, you know, just picture autograph, whatever, and, and move on versus, you know, cause people spend thousands of dollars going to races from all over the country. Right. And, and everybody's got a favorite rider. Right. Or, or maybe not at the, at that time, but when they show up, they're like, Oh, I met Eli. Eli is my favorite rider now, right? And and knowing the next race you can go to, you can walk right up to him and be like, "Hey, Eli, what's going on?" You know, blah 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 blah. Um, I mean, versus... they won't need me. I'm out in the boondocks in the Junior Cup pit. <laughs> hey, I'm back there with you guys, right? But it's still a lot of fun back there. In the, it was ironic. It was like you know, short story. But Jersey, we were there two weeks before Jersey, and um, me and Levy Batty got into it uh, in the pits. Me and him just went after each other. We were about to just kill each other because uh, someone, not saying names, did something stupid on track and punted me. And then, you know, was just stupid aggressive and then was disrespectful to my dad and said, fuck you to his face, yada, yada. So whatever. Whole bunch of drama in the pits. Two weeks later, we're showing up to Jersey and they pit us right across from each other face to face. I'm like. I hope there's people coming down this way. So I'm distracted because, you know, that was another, that's, and that's the thing of the mental part about racing. You got to drop that, you know, like, and that's what I did. You know, after that day, I was like, dude, this sucks. This is kind of funny how they did this to us, but like not on purpose, obviously, but it's like, you know, it's going to, it's, it's part of racing. Sure. Like, did we want to kill each other two weeks ago? Sure. Am I still not a big fan of them? Sure. But you know what? I got to have, learn how to have that mutual respect with the guy of saying, you know what? You're fast. I'm fast. We both make mistakes every once in a while. And you know what? Move on. And, you know, that's that's the huge mental part. And I do you ever I'm, – I'm guessing you touch on that with your riders too, too Ethan, right? Oh, yeah. We just want to focus on our controllables. Exactly. Anything outside of that is just wasted energy. Um, luckily, I mean, honestly, dude, like the majority of the drama in the Moto America paddock is Junior Cup. <laughs> like <laughs> – there's so much more drama there than any other class combined. It's, so we don't really deal with a ton of that, like super bike, super sport. Everyone's like, yeah, there's been dude. like Baz and Baz and Cam that one year, Petruch and Matthew. But honestly, like the, even the programs are like, you know, there's so many moving parts to where it just kind of gets, it gets buried. Yeah. It comes out on the track, like they, they bump each other and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, track stuff is track stuff. It's just when someone does something overly stupid, that's when it gets a little bit, you know, even like with the Petrucci uh, freaking <laughs> Schultz thing at the Ridge. Like, that was crazy, man. Like, I don't even know what the hell that was. But I don't either. It's that small thing right there where it's like you're not racing. You're just yeah. doing something, and he just yeah. plows. No, that, that bled over into the paddock for sure. Oh, that yeah. Was, uh... <laughs> Oh yeah, a bit of a shit show. Flinders was pissed too because he like broke his clutch lever or, or he did something. Yeah, he was mad as hell about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, not cool. stuff like that happens, and it's just like you know that's where that mental aspect comes into your sport because you just you know if that's gonna sure if that motivates you then great, but like that motivation will run out real quick, and then on top of that, that negative energy that if you run off a of negative energy, then. I don't want to be around that person because that means that they're, that person's trying to find negative energy to keep them going every single time. Like there's no point in that. You know, if you have to run off of that, then get away from our sport because you're not going to be liked real quick. So it's like, you know, finding that positive and, you know, finding what works with you and not in a toxic negative way 
is just so much more important than having that. Oh, fuck this guy. You know, yada, yada, you know, now I'm gonna go fast. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I, I don't, I don't, uh, that's why, man, I'm, I'm such a positive guy, right? I love the positive energy. I love to be happy no matter the situation, try to find the best of it anyway. Right. Uh, I feel like, man, when I'm around people that's negative all the time, I'm like, you Eli, I was like, I gotta go. Like, and I don't call you again. I will show back up again. Like, that's it. You know, I don't. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, I, I think there's a difference between like being a negative person, which is a net negative all, all across the board and then using negative situations as motivation. You know, I think there's some value in that, but like Eli said, it, it depends on how you, how you do yeah. that. If it's, if it's your whole persona and everything you are driven by is all negative, like, yeah, it's not going to work out in the long run, but at the same time, like in this sport where so much of it is just uncontrollables, you have to be able to use everything to your advantage to a degree. Uh, you know, Cam P had a terrible season last year just because, he got hurt and it went downhill and you know, it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows coming into the season, but we're using that for fuel in a, in a positive manner, you know? So yeah. there, there's definitely a balance there. Like you can't just necessarily ignore the negative aspects of our sport, but, and that, that's not what you were saying, obviously. Yeah. I'm just yeah. touching on like, for sure. You know, there's, there's benefits to both sides of that. Um, but I agree 100%. Like, there are toxic people in the sport. There are negative people in the sport and I've been around them before and chose to remove myself from those situations. So it's, uh, it's definitely draining when you're, when you're in those clicks. It, it is. It it's is. Just, it, it's just, you know, I've, I've grown up as a energy person, you know, like I've been always taught how to read energy. It's like, you know, I can tell instantly within about a minute, not even what your energy is. And if I'm going to be here for longer than three minutes, you know, it's just like, you know, that negative energy, people don't, you know, with cigarettes, there's secondhand smoke, dude, there, I don't know if people want to believe it or not. There's secondhand negativity for sure. You know, oh, if you're sure. stuck around someone that's negative your whole life, then, you know, divorce. Oh, <laughs> that's really how it is. Your wife wants to complain all day, then fucking leave her. You know, that's really how it is. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Just leave her. I like it. I like it. So listen, Ethan, I, I want to get away from all the motorcycle talk. I want to know what you do. Obviously, I've seen that awesome gaming system that you got set up over there, right? That's something I would love to do. i uh, got a couple buddies that actually have a setup like that. Um, obviously, you play – what do you play? PlayStation, Xbox? Uh, I've got my PC. PC. Okay. Yeah. And PC, what game and you- I've got an Xbox in the other room, but I don't run the same rig on the Xbox. I got you. I got you. And what game are you playing on the sim rig? We do. I mean, lately we've been doing Forza a little bit. Um, Assetto Corsa we used to run a lot. Uh, Formula One, like that's that's kind of what got me into the sim rig, just because it's it's fun to have that much grip, rip around <laughs> tracks. But uh, yeah, just a mix. Nothing nothing too specific. I think lately it's been a lot of Forza. You gotta get back on iRacing. I know, I know. My subscription lapsed, and I, I just haven't. I didn't have time to play it. Like I've been working on my app lately, so my time's just been spread thin. But I'm thinking. So, sorry, Ethan. Go ahead. Are you good? Uh, I was gonna say you, you said you're working on an app. You got an app coming out? Yeah, I mean it's technically already launched to a degree. Um, it's it's just I was looking at kind of the the issue of the motorsport niche and 
how there's not a lot of coaches in the space. It's not something that's super commonly heard about. And if it is, there's a lack of accessibility. Like I've, I've tried to keep my prices, even for my one-on-one, super low comparatively just to be accessible and help grow the sport. Um, but obviously I can only handle so many one-on-one clients and I've had to raise my rates a little bit as of late just to afford, you know, bills and, and getting to the track. Uh, right. But I wanted to make something more accessible to motorsport athletes and help even somebody who's just getting into it that wants to know like, Hey, how can I feel better on my motorcycle or what can I be focusing on on the mental side to progress on my motorcycle or in my car? So I've been working on a motorsport performance app. That's just, you know, it's, it's physical, mental, nutritional, all the above, um, keeping it at like a super low subscription based rate. So I've been, I'm working on that. It's up and running. I've got to upload a ton of content this month before the season starts. Um, and then I'll start pushing it, getting it out into the world probably later this month or mid mid this month. I, I should be doing it already, but I, I have that perfectionist mindset a little bit of like, I'm just not happy with it yet. I've had guys on like, I have Cam Bobier on the app and he, he even said like, dude, the content's awesome. I love it. Um, so I have guys in there that, that love the content and love the app, but I want more. It's not redefined to your standards yet. And I love it. Right. Yeah. yeah that's good stuff. Uh, so do you read books? Are you a book reader or audio book? Both. Yeah. 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 Me too. Uh, what book are you listening to now? So I'm listening to Winning by Tim Grover. It's probably like the fourth or fifth time I've listened to it, but it's just, it's such a good, good look at kind of the overall performance mindset and, and the realistic approach of winning that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like there's a lot of, a lot of dark to it if you're trying to do it at a super high level. And then I'm reading Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday, which that's a, that's a great, great read. Nice. I'm, um, I just got done doing Greenlight the Matthew McConaughey one, man, that was a really good book. Um, and then I'm listening to Stefan or, or have you say is Gunthier, uh, the Haas, uh, guy, F1 oh, yeah. Haas. Yeah. 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 Guther. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Guther Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Guther. Uh, I'm actually. You know, smash my door. Huh? Uh, you ever watched the formula one show on that? Oh one? yeah. 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 Kevin Dude, you see that freaking full swings coming out in a few days? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Kevin Magnuson slams his door. And oh, yeah. And he said, yeah. yeah. Smash my door. Yeah, don't fucking smash my door. Yeah. Actually, he just got done saying that in his book uh, when I was listening to it yeah. last night. So, yeah, I'm a really big uh, audio book guy. Of course, I, a lot of mine is uh, motorcycle, right? Like, John, yeah. to me, one of the best audio, man, I've, Michael Dunlop, dude, all of them, right? Dude, John Hopkins, by far, to me, is one of the best motorcycle uh autobiographies it was so uh he don't leave nothing on the table and that's what i love right it was no holding back just boom hey i'll smoke a cigarette smoke a weed <laughs> racing the kawasaki moto gp bike i was like shit dude that's yeah that's crazy uh, dude for some reason some people can do that i don't yeah. understand how you know like i've seen it's less less common now Dude, it's just like, you know, I've seen this kid fucking rip a dab out of his pen and go straight on his bike out on the track. I'm like, dude, that wouldn't work well for me. I would just be like, I would get off my bike and lay back down in bed. Like, it's just like, I don't understand how people's brains work like that. It's like, oh, yeah. I mu they must create a tolerance or something for it where it's just like, 
ridiculously high, but it's like still. Now that it's legal, can you really, unless it's written in the rule book, can you really get banned for it? I know obviously Moto America has drug testing and all that stuff. So obviously you're not going to be doing it there, but it's like local races, dude, they don't drug test. Guys will be out there freaking half baked out of their mind thinking about their freaking Wawa trip they're going to make after this race than <laughs> being out there racing. Their Bucky's trip. Got to go buy Bucky's. Give me some beaver nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. I had them for the first time last week. They're good. They're awesome, man. Awesome. So, uh, Ethan, what, what are you watching on Netflix right now? We just watched the the NASCAR version of uh, Pressure to Ride or Drive to Survive. That was Is it good? Good? I what it was called, but that was that was good. It was five episodes long. Uh, it's it's nowhere near as good as the Formula One, though, right? No, it's just different. Yeah, like it, it's it's cool, but it's I think it's more of like a reserved look at it. Whereas Formula One, they try and like amp- Netflix tries to amplify the drama way overboard to a degree. Yeah, um, but it, it that one's worth the watch. Um, besides that, not a ton. Um, a lot of YouTube, just watching good, good golf. Like that's good, good go golf. Too. I hear you. I spend so much time watching good, good Bob does sports, four play golf. Like, dude, yeah. it's uh, it's outrageous. I was just watching freaking good, good or the um new four play uh video right before I got on here. Nice, nice. Dude, it's getting so crazy with the YouTube golf. It's getting so big where it's like all these new videos are coming out with or with pro golfers. It's like you know. It's all in they because they're all getting brand deals with uh, clubs. It's just like, dude, if you are do, using our brand, you get to use our golfers now. Where it's like, yeah. it's cool, but it's like crazy how big it is. Like it, it shot onto the scene, but probably two, three years ago now, it's just been ever since. It then. shows uh, it shows the trajectory of sport. Like, I think that's what motorsports need to do a better job of is that accessibility and like content behind the scenes because that, like, if we had that kind of grassroots content from a lot of our guys, it, it build a lot more traction and you know, social media engagements more appealing than television views now. Of course. Absolutely. Social media is such a big in every sport. I don't give a shit if it's football, baseball, whatever it is. Social media is such a big thing now, right? It is. It's uh, so Star Wars or Star Trek. Star Wars. What Star Wars? Ones. Not the new ones. New ones okay. are no bueno, in my opinion. I can't okay, do, okay. But, yeah. What Star Wars character would you be? It's a tough question. Uh, right, Chewbacca. Just a loyal sidekick. I like it. Yeah. Chewbacca. Uh, I had somebody talk. That's the best part. You don't have to say one word other than just make That's it. it. Great That's sound. It. Easy. One word. So, um, if you had a younger self sitting in front of you, what advice would you tell them? Be, uh, honestly, probably just be prepared for whatever opportunities come your way. Like, don't don't force yourself down a certain path. Because um, I I resisted going out of the the realm of hockey for a long time and. When I did, that's when opportunities started to really open up. And then probably also just avoid distractions, limit distractions, because um, that's that's a big, I think for everybody, like that's that's the biggest thing holding people back from their potential now is just 
there's so many distractions out there that, you know, it's easy to just watch day after day after day melt away. Um, and I, I've gotten into those slumps before where I feel like I'll go a month without doing anything. It's so avoiding distraction, I think is a big one. Yeah, it's a it big is. question right there, Chris. Thank I, you. I've never heard you ask that one. No, I, I did. I thought about it today. It Damn. just hit me while I was at work. I was like, man, I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. Cause I always just, just ask through, you know, just try to, run mentally uh, yeah. and, and that's get a good, dude, that's a good question i like that appreciate it man thank you thank you uh what about you eli i'm asking you the same question pull out no i'm uh so <laughs> um man what would i say you know be more uh, like social because i was you know growing up i wasn't too social i was always like that one kid that just never fit in until i was like in high school like middle school high school it's just like you know and same thing you know with Ethan, it's just like, you know, take, take those opportunities, you know, opportunities come once in a lifetime at times. And, you know, maybe you get a second chance at it, but you know, you can never bet on it. It's, uh, I've always just, you know, been, I mean, the biggest thing for me was just social aspect. I kind of, you know, wish I was a lot more social in high school. I wish I had more friends from high school for now, because, you know, it's just like cool at college. I have a whole bunch of great friends. But it's like, you know, out of high school for the three years I did online college, I was just like by myself every single day at my house doing my own schoolwork and, and had nothing to at night. You know, it's just like one of those biggest or the biggest things. And, you know, it's just like take advantage of, you know, having family, you know, because I never I never really did that until in the last few years. And that's when everything started. I started losing family. You know, I lost almost all my grandparents. So it's, you know. It's hard with a big family because you know I got thirty cousins. I have um, shit twelve aunts and uncles. So it's you know I have a huge family. So yeah, family. Be more social and take opportunities, and you know they don't come back again. Nice, yeah, yeah. What would you, uh, what, what you do? I mean, honestly, man, I, I would probably just. Uh, when you're younger growing up, you make a lot of mistakes. You know, uh, I used to be negative sometimes, man, a lot, you know, just negative, like the world was against me and all this. So I would just, uh, I'm totally opposite to what I used to be. So I, I would just sit, sit back and say, look, man, you know, uh, just stay positive, put the positive energy out there, one foot in front of the other. You can't control uh, the uncontrollable. So just, you know, take it as it comes, chin up and, and yeah, just keep mo moving forward and, and the, more positive I am about the situation, uh, the better it is. So that's what I, I would say to myself for sure. Um, and and it, it's hard to, when you're in that situation, it's hard to see your way out of it. Even though you're getting advice like that from somebody close, your best friend, your mom or wh whoever it is, right. You'd something mentally, again, going back you to the mental game, you got it. You got to sit down have a conversation in the mirror with yourself. I have a conversation with my mirror with myself every time I podcast before I go live. I do every time I sit there and say, dude, you're going to kill it. This and that, you know, pin the gas, let's go. You know, all this good stuff, man, To It's just important for me, yep. right. To help, to help me mentally prepare for, you know, cause I'm at work, you know, and I'm doing this, doing that, trying not to think about the podcast, but of course that's all I think about, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just a way for me to get in my zone as everybody else does. Right. Everybody's got, got their own, way of doing I it so am speed i am speed that's right i Good am job. speed that's it 
speed. That's it. All about it. All about it. My man, Daryl Powell, what is up? He says, yo. Um, but yeah, so uh, favorite, uh, do you have a favorite actor? Mm, not really. Um, no, not particular. I mean, I don't know. I'm just out of touch with like kind of the whole Hollywood scene. Yeah. Mine's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. No, I got heard he's a great guy. Like away from movies and everything, just super down to earth. Ty, I love you. Ty's awesome. What's your uh, favorite music artist? Hardy. 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 Nice. I was about to say. Yeah, nice. Nice. Hardy. What's your favorite Hardy song, though? Mm. Probably. I mean, Newer stuff. He's got a song called "The Rock." That's what his that's, second album is. That's my favorite song by Hardy. That's that's one of my favorites. And then older stuff, like I think, a oh, um, song that my fiance and I'll probably dance to is uh, "I'll Quit Loving You." One of his like old old ones, yep. probably on his first EP. But yeah, big Hardy guy. Nice. Like yeah, I, I, I started listening to him before he was even like on a song with Morgan Wallen or anything. So that's awesome. crazy to see his blow up. Oh yeah. And you know now they're him and Morgan were performing at the CMAs this year. Yeah. Wow! With Post that Malone, is. who would have thought? I know, right? Post Malone, that's an odd one. That's awesome. Look, Ty says, uh, "Glad you guys are chatting with one of the greatest human beings in the paddock. The guy has helped me when I was down, bad, <laughs> and winning championships. Love you, brother. Love you too, dude. I don't know if I can accept the greatest human being. I don't, that's high praise." It's good stuff, man. It just speaks volume of, of your character. I mean, right? you brought him out for being down bad, man. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. He said you brought him down from being bad. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, listen, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. No, likewise, dude. Yeah, I absolutely. Ty's comment. One of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I said one of. Ty's awesome. One of as well. Don't worry, I'm not getting my head above me. Uh, but no, dude, it's been awesome being on the podcast. I appreciate it. It was yeah, a lot no, of fun. Yeah, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to do a part two with this. Yeah. Um, I would like to, uh, when we meet in, in Atlanta, I'd like to actually, maybe we can get together for a few minutes and actually do like a little live 15-minute, 10-minute, if you have some time, and, and do a little live session there at the track. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I think like you should start doing it instead of doing lives. Just take videos, asking questions. And put them into a compilation for a round. Yeah, I think that would be smarter. Because then you have a whole instead of having like one person doing a live, you have a compilation of thirty riders. That's a good idea. You do both, or you do both. Yeah, you do both. Yes, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, think about. Yeah, I'm just trying to just figure out new ways to uh, just do different, right? Just be different. That's all, you know, because that's what anybody wants is just to be different than anybody else doing it, right? That's how you progress and and move forward. I mean, you can't be static doing the same thing all the time because you Mm -hmm. can't, you're not going to go anywhere. Well, listen, I wish I had a simulator because I would love to get on there and race you. Um, Let's go. We got to get you one. Dude, I know, I know. Ty says, Chris, are you guys going to be at all the tracks or just Atlanta? Uh, Ty, I'll be at Atlanta in New Jersey. I'm trying to make Daytona, and um, I'll definitely be in Texas for the MotoGP race. 
uh, and uh, Barber, a couple of my buddies, Eli included, um, and Daniel, they're like, oh, you got to go to Barber. You got to go to Barber. So, yeah, I'm going to try to make that work, too, on the calendar th this year as well. It's just like anything, man. It's all money, right? It's just expensive, yeah. you know, especially with gas and all, all that stuff going on. So, yeah, Ty says, see you at Barber. Uh, Ty, are you, are you going anywhere else, or are you just going to? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Stock thousand. Oh, I feel yep. so bad for that class. Yeah, dude. What's the deal <laughs> with stock thousand, bro? You know, before we get off here, uh, I want to talk about some motorcycle racing, like as far as MotoGP and, and your thoughts on World Superbike and, and Moto America, Ethan. Um, obviously, Super Sports, this most stacked class in Moto America this year. It's. Yeah, we got, got some uh, some unannounced names coming into Super Sport, too. Yeah, so yeah, that's gonna we be do. interesting. I, yep. I know what you're talking about. It's gonna be interesting, though. It's gonna be cool to see. Yeah, absolutely right. And it's and then of course, stack two super, it's super it, it is. So, uh, who do you think the most underrated rider rider is in Superbike? I couldn't talk there for a second. Underrated rider in Superbike. Yep. I mean, it's it's tough. Like, I don't think we've seen campee at his potential yet especially not on that yamaha i mean he's been the limitations of his injury are not a lot of people understand how limiting it was like he could not he couldn't do this with his wrist so hanging off on like if you look back at all of his crashes they're all right hand corners yep so and that's probably a big factor and not only that but his throttle mobility was maybe that so he's all chicken winging. Um, so that had a massive impact. I, I think that's, I think he's definitely got a ton of potential. Um, obviously, I'm I would say he's too he's, underrated, though. We all know his, we all know we've seen Cam before. We've seen what he's been able to do. We're just yeah. waiting. We're just waiting for him to come back to it. Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, honestly, last year with what we saw from Brandon, I think Posh is a wild card for sure. He's a dark oh. horse. Like, he's got a lot of potential without a doubt. He's surprised. Like even, you know, talking with Matthew school, it's like, Maddie's like, dude, like I didn't expect that from him at all. No disrespect no. to him, but everyone, everyone was, wasn't expecting it because of his stock 1000. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like in not saying he did bad, he got like two podiums but it was like, you know, everyone came into it. Oh, all just won the last two champ. It was three in a row. Then it was three in a row at that point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 20, 21, 22. And um, he came in. Actually, no, it was no two years in a row. Sorry, because Cam, Cam and Jake Lewis. Yep. So they came in thinking, oh, you know, Brandon Posh, now he's going to have to win it again because he's on a bite that's supposed to win. And then he didn't. That was also the becoming of the BMW that year. So I feel like a lot of people came into that thinking, you know, oh, you know, Brandon, you know, he can't even win a championship winning bike. Like, what is he doing? And then he comes out this year swinging. He was oh. looking good at Jersey. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yes, yeah, he'll he be was. good this year. We've been doing some work behind the scenes too, so oh, yeah. he'll be strong. Nice. Oh, I meant to ask you, the two upride, Chris Ulrich, right? You, you, you got on the back with that. Is that oh, who yeah. you did? You did your two? Dude, what was that like? Oh, it was a blast. It's crazy. I mean, that was 2020, so I haven't haven't done it in a long time. Um, that was when I was first getting into the sport too. I mean. Well, first in the paddock, rather. So that was kind of eye-opening. Like, gave me a first-hand example of the physicality and just 
how how intense it is. Guaranteed. Got me hungry right. for more. I would love to to get on the back of that thing and scream in my helmet. Yes, let's go. You know, I bet Loudon this year. Do what now? That was sketchy. Loudon sketchy itself. Ulrich did a two up ride at Loudon. He was yeah, awesome at Loudon. No, I barely want to ride there up by myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and you know, it's like, but that's also another track where it's like, you think it's not that hard? Go yeah. to Loudon. Like you know, you're gonna find out real quick. There's a wall to your right, and there's you're gonna be hitting a pothole about. 70 80 miles per hour and find out how that feels you know that's 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 the cool part about those things you know like if you go to like coda then dude you get to go down fast straight away and go and have some fun but then like you know if you only think racing is just that then you find go to a technical track and try it then it's it's cool how you know like every track has its own flair and that's what makes our sport so special yeah, yeah. no you're right 110 percent. so uh moto gp ethan you think Marquez is going to do really well this year? Or? I mean, I think he'll definitely be up there. I'm curious to see the KTMs, how they continue their development. Cause I think, I think Bender is like, if he was on the Ducati, I think he'd be the guy to beat right now. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a stud. I don't think yeah. he gets enough credit. I think he's pretty underrated. Um, but yeah, I think Marquez is going to be obviously very competitive. And I, I think until, until they're not, just all the Ducatis are, are the bikes to beat. Yeah. I, I'm with you with Bender. I'm a huge Brad Bender fan. Um, and y'all were sleeping on him last time I, you guys asked this question. What was it? When the Avery Dreyer didn't show up for his podcast. Y'all were sleeping on him for the Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, KTM just got. Yeah. I mean, I was. Yeah. I was. I ain't going to lie. Um, you know, KTM is just. Man, they're just bringing so much to the program, right? I mean, they're just throwing all kinds of stuff at it left and right. I think that uh, I think Jack Miller's really got to step his game up this year. Otherwise, uh, uh, Pedro Acosta is definitely going to have his spot. Not not Fernando, but yeah, Pedro. Uh, Pedro did really well in, in the test, right? Ended up, I think, first or yep. second behind Jorge Martin. I think. Uh, I personally think Jorge Martinez is going to be one of the first riders announcements to leave. I don't think he's going to stay with Ducati because of what happened last year. And I think Ducati's in a in even more of a predicament this year, you know, because last year, I mean, let's just be honest, they didn't want Jorge Martin to win the championship on a non-factory colored bike. Yeah. Otherwise, him and Bastianini would have swapped places and Martin would have been on there. And that, that left a, a bitter taste in Martins and he's even come out and said it right. So I yeah. think he's going to be the first to jump ship, but I also think at the same time, he he's going to, I think Jorge Martins going to absolutely be in the top three again this year. Yeah. Sure. 100%. My biggest issue with GP right now is I, I think if you're going to allow there to be eight Ducatis on the grid, you need to put something in place where they can't be sharing data with one another. Cause obviously KTM wanted to put more bikes on the grid and they got turned down. Oh, no, there's not enough spots for it, whatever, whatever. So if you're going to tell one manufacturer, no, you can't have more bikes on the grid, while another manufacturer has eight bikes on the grid and can share data and setups across the board, it's an unfair advantage. Like I think that's why we see Ducati so far ahead of the curve and why these other manufacturers are lagging behind. So for the sake of parity and equality across the sport, like I'd rather see data has to be 
within each team unit rather than across manufacturers. Yeah, it can be in the same. Yeah. It can it can go across garages to teammate yeah. to teammate. But and you've not. seen that before, like you know, one of the Ducati guys will be struggling massively on Saturday, and then all of a sudden Sunday he's right there. It's obviously because they took a setup from somebody else. Like, yeah, no, and, it's, yeah. and it ain't out of freaking Pecco's garage because Pecco won't give it out. I bet it for Bastianini. I bet they're stealing it from other from Martin yeah. or someone else. Like, I feel like. I just don't like Pecco. I hate him with a passion. <laughs> I just have all, he's just fucking ugly. I mean, I mean, really bad. I don't know. But, um, yeah, no, I just don't like the guy's attitude. I just, there's something about it where it's just like, he thinks. Well, comments about like the, the support teams shouldn't be anywhere near the factory teams. Just, yeah. yeah. Dude, like y'all are on the same bike. Yeah. It's like, Girl. just because it's a year different. Doesn't mean you know you won the championship on a 20, uh, 2022 model, right? Then why the hell do you not think a twenty twenty two model will challenge your twenty three model? Yeah. You cannot change. You they've gotten to a limit where it's like you can't change, uh, make a drastic change and find another three seconds. Like there's no way that you're gonna be able to yeah. do that. So going from a year to a year, you might find a few tenths, but you know you're giving also the satellite team a newer bike that's even faster so it's just a chase game now at this point and i think martin is on a t- the same year now as the factory team mm-hmm. so it's like it's just stupid you know i'm pretty sure last year he, he was on uh yeah, 2023 was, too well, it yeah. was um zarko wasn't though yeah no no zarko wasn't you know and my thing too uh you two is that uh, man it's Dude, all this aerodynamics, dude, and like the ride height devices. And if you look at a cockpit on a MotoGP bike, it's like there's too much going on. Yeah, it's way too much going on. It it's really is. It's what they do with it, though. It, it, no, it is. It very I, is. It's way too much. I missed the 500 GPs. But like, oh, dude. Still. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Then, you know, we got World Superbike. We got Top Rack with BMW, Johnny Ray on a Yamaha, right? Uh, you think Top Rack could pull it off this year on the BM? I would think so. With how competitive he was last year, at an obvious disadvantage as far as top end goes, like yeah. drive off the corner. Like I, I think there won't be as many straight line passes on him. I, I would uh, imagine. Yeah, I'm, I want to see my man Scott Redding actually um, do some big things this year. I'm. I'm I'm a big Scott Redding fan. I always have been. I just like his style, right? He's just, you know, every rider's got their own style. I just like his style, man. Plus, he's really cool. Never got to meet him. Hopefully, one day I will. But his teammate's cooler, though. His teammate is, yeah. Uh, nobody wants to see Batista win again. Yeah, nobody wants to see Batista win again. You know, and they're coming out with that whole new uh, adding revs back to the Kawasaki, taking some away, adding weights here and doing all that, you know. Well, and that's, to be honest, cares. I like that, though. Because that will transfer into our racing as well, because we go off of their homologations. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I know. So which yeah, is super nice. Some, uh, yeah. It is. We need some some parity as far as. Yeah, it's, we it's, do. Going on a rabbit hole there. Yeah, we absolutely enter in the matrix on that one, right? But we also need more uh, more competition. I mean, as far as like uh, like Jorge Lorenzo, right? Uh, that type of good kind of competition in the sports not uh you don't really see it too much anymore um 
not saying that everybody's not friends. It is. It's good to be friends, but also as fans like to see that, like Max Biaggi and Rossi and Rossi and Juvenile. And you know what I'm saying? That type of, of yeah. love-hate relationship. Um, my man, Peter Marsh over there from across the pond. Where, where does comment go? Oh, there he goes. He goes, evening, Chris. Looks like you've been in the sun. I think it's my camera. Um on this laptop man i need to break down and buy me a new laptop y'all don't even know i'm struggling with these things <laughs> i need to jacket do what is that a oh, it's a good good yeah, yeah i was about to say how did i i was about yeah. oh i couldn't i was trying to like you saw it in the first one i was like watching the stream i was like i gotta ask him that but i kind of forgot yeah that's but awesome. on that i gotta head out and do some stuff and get ready for some other race and i gotta do but ethan dude Good Appreciate it, Eli. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I will uh, see you. What is it? It's only a few weeks now, right? Yeah. Are we going to that yeah. two day test at, uh, with the Dunlop test? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I got to talk with some of the guys I have doing it, see what they're doing. Well, if so, then we got maybe we play a little golf on Wednesday or we play it on Sunday after Daytona. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm here That's for it. Chris, thank you again for letting me co host again. Absolutely. It's always an honor. Anytime. Sounds good. Well, I'll be, I'll talk to you guys. All right, bud. Peace. But yeah, um, man, I, I think, uh, man, across all boards, you know, and then, then we got BSB, you know, uh, dude, listen, when we get done, when you get time, you need a YouTube, the last BSB round of last year where Tommy and Glenn Irvin was a half a point. Whoever won, won the title. It was spectacular. It was one of the best races of the season. Um, and then, obviously, uh, I, I know you, you don't keep up with BSB, but you got uh, Birdwell left uh, PBM, Paulborn Motorsports, and took his number one plate to Honda. Um, and then did you hear what, what happened to, to Birdwell? Uh, the owner of PBM ended up passing away last year. Oh, yeah, so his daughter and, and his son actually ran the team for for the last part of the season, ended up winning the championship. And uh, this year, I think they're going to have a one-rider team and a one-bike uh, with Glenn Irvin. There was a rumor going around there for a little while. I don't know if you heard it, where Glenn Irvin was, might have made it to Moto America, um, which would have been awesome. Obviously, we're getting Boz back, right, yeah. um, which, which is going to be good. Uh, but, yeah, man. 2024 is going to be spectacular across the board in motorcycle racing. And, and, and then Ethan and then Formula One. We got Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari in 2025. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, be a tough lot to dethrone Red Bull on these current regulations. Uh, yeah. Max is just a, a different breed. Yeah, he is. Well, he, he, you know, Max reminds me a lot of Hamilton when Hamilton comes in the sport. Yeah. He really does. Um, you know, I dude, I I like F1, but it's it's getting harder to watch, you know, because not a lot of passion. I mean, not passion, but passing, right? It's really hard to pass. And it, it's besides, such besides Max at the front, last year was definitely a step in the right direction. It was a lot closer besides Max. Like if you take Max yeah. out of the equation just because he's dominant and otherworldly right now, like it was good racing last season the most part like there were a few tracks for sure that were snooze fast but yeah i feel like it was better than like 2021 2022 uh well 21 was pretty good 21 was pretty i was gonna say 21 was pretty good yeah 22 was a bit of a snooze fest 23 was better yeah 
yeah. for sure. Yeah, twenty twenty four is going to be exciting. It's just uh, to to me, it's 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 such an engineer sport, right? Same yeah. thing where we're MotoGP's heading in that direction. Such an give it back to the riders, take less. You know what I'm saying? Get, I'm, yeah, I'm conflicted on that because it's like we have IndyCar as far as you know a non constructors cup. Like I, I enjoy the constructors cup because it, it does bring about like innovation and we get to see you know what happens when there's a marriage of a fantastic engineer like adrian newey and a very receptive pair of drivers and a team working around a very sim- singular focus like i enjoy that aspect of it and honestly i wish that formula one would have less of a restrict you know allow for more gray area allow for more innovation um I was just reading Adrian Newey's book, How to Build a Car, and he talks a lot about like that's been his success is finding the gray area, and I I find that fascinating. But it, it does make it less of a spectator sport for sure, as far as for the casual fan. Yeah, well, it, it, you also run into when, when you do that, it, it, you got people with the most money's obviously going to win all the time, right? It's it's uh that's the yeah. downside. The budget gap has helped a little bit, but yeah, I mean, there's only three teams that can realistically spend as much as one another, and that's Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes. Right, right, dude. Speaking of which, dude, listen, I went to uh, last year. I went to Coda, and I, I I went to I flew out of Roanoke, Virginia, to Charlotte, right? And man, the airport was just slam packed when when I arrived. I think it was like two in the afternoon. Of course, I walked to my gate to wait, right? And it was people were everywhere. I looked over to my left. One person had just got up. So I ran over there. I sat down in my seat, Ethan, and I set my backpack down and I looked at the person right next to me. It's fucking Zach Brown, bro. Huh. And I, I, dude, I took a double take. I said, no way. And he looks at me. I said, freaking Zach Brown, bro. What is up? And he just looks at me like, oh my God, the energy you're putting out right now. I was like, dude, I'm a huge fan. Like, I can't believe. Like this trip's gonna be awesome. I just met Zach Brown at yeah. the beginning of the trip, right? It was got a picture with him. I had a just a couple minute conversation, wasn't very long. Um, I really wanted to ask him about Ricardo though. Like, like what happened between you, you, you guys and Ricardo? Like, what happened? Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to talk to him. But it just yeah. it was crazy that I actually got got to meet the guy. It was an honor, right? How often can you say that, especially in you know l- little airport Charlotte? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it was uh proper mega. It really was. It was good stuff. Uh, definitely one of the highlights. It was uh, yeah, good stuff. One question I did have for you, man, that I ask everybody is celebrity crush. Who is your celebrity crush, Ethan? Um, you ever seen the the most recent Bond film with Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. Anna de Armas in that at the beginning. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I forget her name. I'm trying to think of her name. I can't remember her character's name just because she, she was only in it for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah, but yeah. you're right. She was, uh, yeah, absolutely spectacular. Um, Listen, this has been a lot of fun. We're, we're an hour and 30 minutes into it. I would love to do it again. Let's yeah. definitely come up with another game plan. Um, I'll definitely see you in Atlanta, so we'll, we'll take a couple minutes and we'll work something out there. Uh, What Eli said is it's pretty good. I'll have to come up with a list of questions and just go around and just ask everybody real quick. Hey, real quick, quick fire shots. I got five questions, you know, and, and just fire up my, my phone and then I can edit them and, and, and put them out there. That's, that's good stuff. Um, listen, why don't you tell everybody, Ethan, 
uh, where they can find you at. If there's any riders out there that's going to be listening to this later on, how they can actually get in touch with you and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my website's just southernprideperformance.com. My social media is all just Coach Chaplook. Uh, so that's Coach, no space, C-H-A-P-L-U-K. Um, I'm pretty much just on Instagram and Facebook. Um, trying to post more on both those. Just been had my hands full with this this app development project, but that should be uh, – I got to get back to posting more often here soon. No excuses. No excuses. And what's the name of your app? So everybody knows it, you just find it on my website. It's not on the okay. app store right now. It's just uh, I, the way I have to do it. It's just through my site. And then it gives you a download ring link once you sign up. But uh, uh, okay. I yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Awesome, man. Uh, obviously I, I do have a couple things uh, before we end this real quick. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to my man, Peter and Jake Marsh, uh, Ethan, Jake Marsh and, they actually run my logo in British Superbikes, bro. I'm oh, on their team shirts. I'm on their race bikes. I'm on his leathers, dude. Are you kidding me right now? What a dream. I mean, it's – it's. I've been such a fan of the sport, Ethan, growing up for such a long time. You know, never thought I'd be a podcaster. If you told me two years ago I'd be sitting here doing this, I'd have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, it, now that I, I am doing it and it's an opportunity to actually reach out and – I'm such a fan to talk to people like you and everybody else, right? What an honor. And, and just to have uh, my logo, you know, in BSB and uh, upcoming, uh, some people in, in Moto America are, are going to run it on, on their leathers too. Again, uh, again, first time this year in 2024, which again is, uh, it's hard for me to put into words. Um how emotional i mean i, I get emotional over it sometimes because it, it's it's uh it's something I, I never dreamed of but uh if anybody out there wants to get any pin gas merch you can go to clothingkings.co.uk uh they make all my man you can get hats t-shirts beanie hats all that good stuff uh so big shout shout out to, to them guys son say say hi to ethan hi but how long are you <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm ending it now here, here in a minute bubba uh, oh, I know my boy's hungry. He says, I need you to go to Subway, Daddy. <laughs> I promised him I'd get him Subway today. But yeah, listen, big shout out to Jake Marsh and Peter Marsh. You guys need to go and sign up for Club 45. Help Jake out. Um, it, spectacular. His season in 2024 BSB is going to be awesome. Big shout out to my man Cameron Frazier, too. He's a 2023 uh, BSB GP2 champion. Um, yeah and thank you guys everybody that watches uh likes and subscribes and listens listen it's an honor i say it all the time but thank you guys so much i really appreciate every single one of you guys um this has been a lot of fun ethan thank you so much again it's an honor uh just give me one minute i'm gonna end this and uh yeah. we'll chat we'll chat just for one second but yes thank you guys so much i appreciate it chris gladden glandon sorry uh what is up my man and uh, I'll see you guys later. I appreciate it.